Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Frank McKay is here with his host. I'm the co host, I'm the co pilot. And I'm uh, uh, glad to be it and very proud to be that. And every single time I do this, every single time I do this, I learn something. And I walk away. Uh, sometimes it, it could be a week later or it could be a couple of nights later. But I say, wow, that's something Catherine Ransom said. And it's always fascinating. She could take a little nugget, a little acorn, and turn it into an oak tree overnight. Or even actually over a minute or two. Catherine Ransom is the author and the host, and she's the subject of a wonderful documentary. She looks great in it. We'll let you know real soon. And also some uh, some mini documentaries that are just as wonderful. She's wonderful. Frank McKay, once again, much more importantly. Catherine Ransom, how are you? Well, I am just great. We were having a beautiful day here in Illinois. Uh, sir, Saturday, I think it got up to 98, but it's not quite that warm today. So that makes it that makes it more exciting. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's for sure. And, you know, sometimes uh, we spoke, I think, even a couple of weeks ago and it was it was cold there. So, uh, you know, welcome me the summer even before. Summer. <laughs> It's a it's a crazy thing. You never know what to whether to get out the long underwear or your bathing suit. Yeah, and you are uh, you're adjusting well. It sounds like you're adjusting well to a, a new new home. You were in another place for forty eight years. Is that right? Forty four, which is almost forty eight. And to, today we had a new experience here. My house, it, and it's so we're calling it the hummingbird experience. Um, my housemate had put up hung up a couple of hummingbird feeders when we first came, which was about two and a half months ago. We had had one teeny little sighting of a hummingbird, but it just checked the place out and never took even one little sip. So discouragement was setting in and days went by and week went by and months go by. And yesterday, Marianne said, you know, I think I'm just going to take the hummingbird feeders down because we don't seem to have any guests. Well, this morning, she greeted me with, Kathy, you know what? We had a hummingbird, and it came in, and it ate at both of our feeders. So that was the joyful thing this morning. Wow. And I guess, you know, I was thinking, tenacity is a good thing. Sometimes you just have to hang in. I don't know why the, the crazy little hummingbird didn't want to drink the first time. Maybe she was checking it out, you know, like Moses sent spies into the promised line to check it out. And probably the locals wonder, when are those guys going to come? I don't know. Or maybe they, uh, and then I got to think, I wonder if the hummingbird has some kind of feeling and gets a little nervous and has to check things out just like, you know, we as people, a new experience, sometimes you get a little nervous. So I don't know. But anyway, this was our big hummingbird day. Wow. Well, that's exciting. I see. I'm I'm big on wildlife. So I love and I know you are, too. And used to love the pelicans coming right in your backyard and going in the lake. And and they perform their little, you know, their little uh, dance together. They crowd around and they have this whole whole thing. But hummingbirds are beautiful. They're tiny little. And uh, and and you know to get them and just a little patience gets them there. But you are getting used to these new 
surroundings, which is wonderful. Just uh, absolutely wonderful. Just you're, you're a little, you're you're shrunken down. Your surroundings are shrunken down, and, uh, uh, and you know when you get older, Frank. It, 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 some of us, some people. I don't know that I've done too much of that. You start shrinking. I remember my grandmother shrunk to sort of like a large hummingbird and <laughs> wrinkled and small. And uh, I, I don't know whether it, we seems to me in some ways we ought to swell up as we get all the knowledge and experience of 20 years, 40 years, 80 years, 85 years, whatever it is. But in some way we get sort of shrunk. But did you know what, what day, you know, I always am talking about uh, this is the national day, national day. Today, as well as in some research, maybe this in the middle of uh, May through the middle of June is National Smile Month. Wow. I didn't know that. And I've got a fact that you're not going to like. Uh-oh. Do you realize that statistics show, you're not going to believe it, that women smile about 60 times a day and guys only about 10. Now, you have to answer for me. Why do you think, this is your big question, why do you think guys smile less than women? Maybe because uh, we're, in general, less optimistic and we are focusing on the negative more so than than women. And women uh, have a natural tendency I, I can't believe it's it's six times even you said six to ten right, six yeah, to ten ratio. Right. I, yeah, I mean it's you know uh, do we worry more? Do men worry more? I thought women worried more, or just as much. But uh, yeah, we, maybe we're looking on the downside of issues. Do you have a uh, do you have a fact or or a theory on? No, on? no, I, no, I don't have any idea. But I certainly did learn lots about it. One of the articles I was reading, because sometimes I like to do a little research about some of these subjects, and it says it's really one of the first kinds of facial expressions that a baby has. Now, never having been a mother, but I've seen little ones. But I'll take, I'll take the statistician's word for it that that's one of the first things that babies do. And isn't that interesting? It's uh, um, maybe they're born happy, born free of sin, born having been maybe, I don't know where they were before, but maybe they experienced some time in just being inside of the protection of a mother as they're being formed for nine months, but they pop out and they apparently like to smile. And I suppose if I had been in a black area for nine months and I finally saw daylight, I know this is crazy, but I might smile because I prefer daylight. <laughs> and then they also said that smiling increases your chance of living longer. Now, isn't that a, a good reason to smile? Yeah, and women do live longer than men. Maybe, maybe you could tie it back to that six to, t- uh, t- six to ten ratio, or six to one ratio, right? Sixty to ten. Uh, yeah, I mean that's uh, that's fascinating to me. One of the things that I have to say, I went kayaking a couple of days ago with my wife and my my daughter and my son and his girlfriend, and we uh, uh, we we had a, a very enjoyable time, and it was very peaceful. And I was in the moment, and I'm not always in the moment, but one thing that I I realized there is is how little joy people 
experience. And the thing is, like, I'm guilty myself. I mean, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of absolute moments of joy, like ecstatic joy uh, of, you know, and I've, I, I'm generally a happy person and a positive person or whatever. But, you know, to, to find that, to find it, and whether it's in a, you know, in a hummingbird, whether it's in a, you know, finding a great, uh, photo with the jaguar and the owl let's say or whatever or if it's helping somebody you know find the lord find christ or or something but think about that think about the, you know l- like the idea of how little how little we experience joy and i don't mean just happiness i'm talking about joy like absolute joy i like i like that connection frank and I think as Christians, but as people in general, we need to be joyful. And I think your your observation was sort of interesting. Why does it seem to disappear? You watch young children, and if they come from happy families, they seem to have most moments of joy all the time. Is it that we get hard and crusty and... Uh, uh, I'm I'm searching for the for the right word, and I'm not sort of calloused, and and we take everything for granted if it's good, or we find the bad in even a good moment, or we're so preoccupied that we can't really enjoy life. We last night we went out to a fundraiser for our symphony orchestra, and we were so joyful. It was crazy. Because one of the things that was just hugging people for the first time that loved the symphony, but we hadn't seen them in person, most of them. We hadn't had an experience where we had live music and we had some, we had a cellist there that's, it was incredibly great. And then there was a Irish group with a, 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 a with a violin and uh, it was just really great. But the thing that I think was most joyful was just meeting people and they'd come in and their eyes would sparkle and, and, and you know, it wasn't anything fancy, but it was just great. This smile, this time of happiness, this need to be joyful is not just to help us live longer. They also say in my studies that there is some, and now we're over my medical knowledge that as we smile the we release endorphins i believe that are natural pain relievers and you know i got to thinking you know i perhaps you know i smile quite a lot and i can't help it it's just my natural life but i remember when i was in the hospital i really smiled at the people when they came in and you know even if i didn't feel real perky and after 10 days you get sort of bored uh I really smiled at a lot of people, and I have healed so well from that open-heart surgery that maybe there is a connection with smiling and healing and feeling more confident. I just know that my eyes light up, people's eyes light up when they smile. They say that generally if you smile at someone, Frank, they smile back at you generally. And it's not a sneer, it's a real smile. Yeah. So I guess my challenge to you, Frank, is raise your 10 smiles a day to 15. 
I, I'm going to start counting. I think. Hey, <laughs> by the way, I, the the concept of uh, the smile boomerang is uh, is is upon us too. You kind of touched on that. You know, when you smile, it boomerangs back. Somebody usually smiles back. And uh, I guess sometimes every once in a while you'll smile and somebody will look like, what the hell are you smiling at? You know, which is, I should say, what the heck are you smiling? And, uh, and they give you a nasty look. But that's not often, right? That doesn't happen often where you smile and somebody gives you that dirty look like, what the heck is with you? You know, um, but, you know, even if that happens, forget it. Just uh, just keep smiling. You're going to you're going to get more boomerangs back you're gonna get so uh, you know the smile boomerang back but i'll do it i i smile a lot i guarantee i smile more than 10 times uh i i do it when i see like a small child or whatever i'll I'll smile gently smile and i'll give like a little wave you know a baby or something like that and uh you know if i see somebody elderly and they look they look kind of uh exasperated or tired or something and i i give a smile and you usually get one back but every once in a while you get a grumpy character and they're like what the heck what the heck are you smiling at but uh, well and i think i think sometimes when i see a group sort of um and it's, it's we each eat most every evening now in the congregate area where people can come down and as part of our uh funds that we pay to where we live now includes uh the opportunity to go to dinner in the evening that's cooked by the chef down here. And sometimes you'll see four people sitting there and they're sort of stuffing food in their mouth and they're just, it's as silent as a tomb around the table. And as I get to know people, I have this terrible habit of sort of going up, saying something dumb or silly, just to cheer them up and see a smile on their face. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't take any time, doesn't take any money just takes a moment to not be afraid to go up and let yourself be silly. Now, it's got to be part of your personality. Someone else has got to help cheer people up in a different way. It may be complimenting them on their the, the, the color of the, the shirt they have on that day, and I've been known to do that, even to guys. Uh, it's just something to bring a little cheer into someone that you see is a little discouraged and that doesn't cost you anything and i think our world would be so much happier if we did that instead of seeing hmm what can i find that i don't agree with that that person has said what did i just see them do and wow i'd like to chew them out for that they just backed into the flower bed and ran over seven petunias i'm going to chew them out for that or I'm going to say, hey, I see we are going to need some driver lessons. It was so funny to watch you smash the <laughs> I don't know what I would say, but I probably wouldn't even be quite that uh, pointed. I'd just, you know, I'd probably say, I saw you out there driving today, and it looked like you were having a good time. It, 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 it's yeah. Somehow, as a Christian, things we have such a glorious hope that even when life is giving you a whole bunch of of thistles we need to turn it into petunias and and we have to help each other do that and maybe that's one of the reasons you and i try to have these conversations on the radio that we want to cheer up people just a bit as well as i have a second motion no reason i want to do it is that i really want to help share the love of the lord i think i can do them hand in glove 
So but anyway, that, oh, I bet you would like to know, predict which is the happiest world, uh, happiest country in the world. Happiest country in the world. Hold on. That, that, that in essence, smell, smiles the most, not smells. Uh, smiles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it one of the Scandinavian countries? You got it. Is it, uh, is it Norway? No, but Sweden. you're very close. It's Finland. Finland, okay. Yeah. Isn't that, it, and why, you know, I hadn't even thought of it. Why do you think, why did, why did the, uh, the Scandinavian countries come to your mind? I'm curious. Well, well I was in uh, Iceland uh, not long ago, and, uh, you know, a couple years back before COVID, uh-huh. and we took the family, my wife and I, and we went with our two youngest, and we were out there probably right before Northern Lights would have hit. So we didn't see it. We went all over the place looking for Northern Lights. Now, I just said to somebody who came back from Iceland uh, yesterday, I, I literally was just talking to somebody there, and he just came back. And I said, did you see Northern Lights? He said, no, no, no. He said, it's uh, that it's in summer. Uh, the Northern Lights are only in the winter. He said, uh, now it's just complete sunshine all all, all day round. So, like, it's it, morning, noon, and night. You have you have the sun shining, and you know I, I remember being in Alaska, uh, Alaska in uh, in August, I think it was, and um, on the uh, you know on the windows in the hotel room, there, there are these special kind of curtains that block out the sunlight because you sure. you know two o'clock in the morning. You have sure. sunlight there. It's the midnight land of the well. It's I know it's not, but the land of the midnight sun in essence is there. So if you're in Scandinavia, when when it's uh, when it's light out, uh, you, you see sunshine and you see sunshine twenty four hours a day. When it gets dark and it gets colder, you have an opportunity to see one of God's great miracles, and that's Northern Lights. So. I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, one of the that's one of the reasons I think it would be great to uh, you know or, or feel wonderful uh, to be alive in Scandinavia is when when it's sunshine, it's sunshine. When there's darkness, you have a chance to see absolute glory and beauty that the Lord's created in Northern Lights, one of the great. And I haven't seen Northern Lights, and I do want to see it. Um, experience that but uh but how about that for an answer yeah and, and and we've certainly had some opportunities up in the northern part of our world and and, and never seen the, the the northern lights in their fullness we've seen just a wee bit but i do have one memory of when you were having the almost 24-hour daylight is that we were in some place and suddenly at midnight we heard the lawnmower mowing outside our hotel and of course it was full light and the guy was out mowing his lawn and I thought well midnight I guess that's as good as any time but we wouldn't we wouldn't go mowing the lawn at midnight our neighbors would probably get upset for one reason where, but, was, where was that Alaska or was that uh, uh it was it was one of the it could have been or it could we could have been up one of the Scandinavian countries yeah. uh probably it probably was one of the Scandinavian countries because you know we travel a lot and yeah. so forth you know though changing the subject we had a murder on our patio the other oh, day oh Wow. You know, we're here in this lovely uh, building in which we have independent uh, living uh, with about 300 individuals in our individual apartments. They're gorgeous. And 
we looked out on our patio and we experienced a murder right in front wow. of our eyes. Agatha, Agatha Christie like. Uh, yes, I think we could do that. But I have I have to sort of explain it just a yeah. bit. But it was cool. an interesting experience. And I'm going to alert our audience that some of you may want to close your ears oh. because I shared it with somebody last night and they were eating and it wasn't a really good experience. <laughs> we were watching and this hawk flew in. One paw, one claw grabbed hold of the balcony railing. And in the other one, he was holding a wee little sparrow. Oh. We watched him pull the feathers out. Oh. And then we watched him have his lunch. Wow. And all we had were a few feathers left on our patio. What an experience. Wow, to see that. That's fascinating. That's, that's right. I tried to sort of get a, and, and I did. I got three or four shots but they aren't really, really good because I had to take them through the window and the and the blinds because I knew that if I opened the door, the you know they he would have flown away or she I don't know whether it was a he or a she would have fl flown away. But it was it really was sort of an interesting experience, and I thought of God's creation. It took he had to create a hawk, but then he has to create food for the hawk, and so he has sparrows. And I thought, you know, we as humans do the same thing. We just don't see the death of it often. And But I do remember seeing when I was a child growing up, my grandparents killing a pig and then um, processing it so that we could have sausage the next day at home. So we eat animals. Yeah. And so did this hawk. But that's God's system that it takes all of us. But I did think that God, if you remember, he keeps track of the, the death of sparrows. So I figured he needed to have his secretary change the inventory <laughs> on the on the sparrows that took that day. Um, one less, one wow. less. Just, just think, you know, we forget how big God is. I hadn't even thought about this. Yeah. We forget how big God is. And he watches and knows according to the scripture when a when a sparrow falls and then we as humans who are much larger and hopefully worth more than a sparrow yes he knows if he can check on the sparrows you know he cares about us and sometimes especially as we get older frank i really do think we get more discouraged and and you see more people that sort of slump in a chair, sit on their patio, feel like the Lord has given up on them as they try to maintain some kind of normal life because of aches and pains and arthritis and broken bones and missing family and not able to get out and do the things they enjoy and unable to drive, which would drive me crazy if I couldn't drive. Okay. And we get, we get discouraged, but we need to remember, even when we're discouraged, God not only checks on that murdered bird, but he checks on you and he checks on me and he checks to those on those in our listening audience, especially if they're a follower of him. So I'm glad that he cares about people in addition to sparrows. Isn't that, isn't that, but it was fun. Yeah. It was sort of 
interesting thinking. Yeah, I, I don't know. No, I, I completely agree with you. And look, there are two ways to look at what you what you just described. You can have the fear and the uh, well, not fear, but the feelings of of pity for the sparrow, which is look, look there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, of course, it's you know, it's maybe the first thing that everyone thinks. Oh, look at that little sparrow, and it, uh, it got eaten by the hawk. The second way you could look at it is what a thing of beauty to watch nature in action. And this is this is God's plan. And sometimes God's plan is complicated. Yes. And, and it's and it's not, you know, this cute, tiny little squirrel, let's say. And by the way, I saw a hawk once uh, once grab a squirrel and the, oh. and the squirrel was in the talons of the hawk as it was going away. And and you have those mixed emotions. It's it's here's this beautiful, cute little squirrel that uh, you know someone could have just been feeding, you know, popcorn to or or nuts to and and whatever, just minding his own business. And then this hawk comes by, but that hawk has a has a part in God's world, a, a tremendous part in God's world. If there were too many squirrels or too many rats or too many rabbits, we'd be overrun. It's a perfect balance. And you think of how complicated it is, uh, and you know sometimes people just uh, you know like uh, pass over. Oh, it's an accident, or it's a happy accident, or whatever. I don't know, Catherine. I don't know how all of this can be an accident. Everything that we're 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 hearing and seeing and doing, you know, I, I think it's part of God's plan. And then the the other part of that is, yes, the sparrow lost its life. And it's just, it's once, you know, many sparrows go on and live and there'll be more sparrows and maybe that sparrow laid eggs or fertilized eggs and there's more sparrows coming from, from that individual and that hawk is going to move on and it really doesn't have a predator unless maybe a larger eagle or something took it down and, and it will do it. But also there's you there to to watch this and to watch this you know, really thing of beauty and, and sorrow and happiness all in, in one uh, fell swoop. You're, you're experiencing maybe parts of all of those, but you, to, for you, Catherine Ransom, to witness that, you're here talking to, you know, thousands of people, right? Uh, you know, hundreds, thousands of people, whatever. Uh, and you're explaining this and you're able to put into thoughts and your feelings into uh, and your emotions into thoughts and maybe getting them to think. And then you're telling me and, and you, you got me thinking and I, you know, add to it all. It, it's, it's all, you know, I, I, you know, I know they talked about the chaos theory or the butterfly effect where one little thing affects all these other things. Who knows what brought that hawk? into that area to get that specific sparrow for you to see that specific uh, action. If you would have heard a noise in the uh, at the door, if somebody knocked on the door at that minute, you would have walked over there and said, let me get the door. You would have missed that site. And how many sites have you missed over the years because a door knocked or, or a dog barked and you had to see or somebody called on the phone? It's God has made a very complicated world and and it's beautiful it really is a thing of beauty and and we should sit back and we should enjoy it and when something seemingly horrible happened we we shouldn't be we shouldn't be too sad because there's a bigger picture at the risk of 
overdoing my murder murder on the patio. Right. <laughs> you talked about that the sparrow lost its life. And I can't help but make the connection that in that process saved the life of the hawk. Yes. Because if the hawk had no food, ultimately, I don't mean instantaneously. And absolutely the same thing is, and again, I'm not minimizing the 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 uh, deity of, of, of Jesus. Right. But if we could make the analogy that he had to lose his life, albeit only temporary because he was raised from the dead, he had to lose his life so that you and me and our audience can save or can can continue to live. I guess that's the way I want would should put it. Because if he hadn't died and didn't pay the sacrifice for us, when we sin and do whatever we do that's not right, we, we have to come under the blood of Christ. And so in a sense it's the Christ became the sparrow. I, I probably will offend some Christians, but no. I mean it in the most positive of course. way of course. to save me as a hawk so that I can live. And then I think I need to reciprocate and try and help become a sparrow for someone else so that they, the hawk, if we continue that analogy, can continue to live and experience the blood of Christ. So it, 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 it's how God has made our world that it's all interactive and dependent upon each other, and he modeled it through the death of his son. Yeah, the Lamb of God. I've probably, probably driven some minister bananas by making that analogy, but no. that's okay. Well, it's, I, I mean, Lamb of God, right? I mean, they, they talk about the Lamb of God. and uh, yeah. yeah. Well, when you think of his crucifixion, I mean, that's really, a, that was a horrible, horrible way to die. And I'll tell you, if I'd been the sparrow, that was a horrible way to die there, too, because he didn't have any anesthetic, yeah. I don't think. <laughs> and I just can't, I just even can't imagine, but I don't know whether sparrows have feelings or not, see, because I'm not a botanist. Well, how, how got, big, wait, before you go, how big was the hawk? How big was he or she? Um, well, it, it, oh, oh, that's interesting. Probably the size of 50 robins. 50, ro 50 robins? Well, that's a big hawk. Yeah, uh, it was a pretty big hawk. You know, I'm, 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 I'm sort of pulling some thinking out. But, he, you know, it would be like having um, a human being holding a, um, the ratio of, of holding a baby. Okay. Wow. You, you know, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad ratio. And, you know, it was like a an adult other something because it, it, it was a big hawk. I mean, was, it was, was he the size of a poodle? Was a, the dog, uh, the hawk, a size of a smaller than that? Well, a large cat? What was the. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes, that's a good one. Yes. It wouldn't have weighed as much because they have hollow bones. But yes, it would, it could, if you had a real large, fluffy cat. It, that wouldn't be a bad analogy. And the the sparrow is, well, everybody knows what a sparrow is, sure. and they're not very big at all. And this one could have been a baby sparrow uh, and very likely might have been a baby sparrow, uh, which would be pretty small because uh, we saw another one that had lost its life. And this must be the time to lose your life when you're 
I guess it's the time of birth for for wildlife during this season right now along this time. Well, I want to talk about one more thing if we've got time. Have we Please. got time to talk about sure. one more? Sure, we've got plenty of time. Okay. okay, well, let's talk just about one more thing. Do you ever get cold feet? Uh, and, yeah. and if so, when you hear the word cold feet, what do you think? I think uh, of getting nervous if, uh, you know, cold feet before you're supposed to do something uh, to take a leap. Uh, you know, to to do something like, let's say, for example, uh, I, you know, before I met my wife, I was going to ask her on a date, let's say. And, and I said, I'm going to walk right up to that woman and ask her out to go go to lunch with me. And then all of a sudden I said, mm, I don't feel like being rejected <laughs> or, or something like that. Right. Oh, I don't feel like uh, putting up with the mm, maybe I'll ask her some other time. That's cold feet. It's sort of how I felt. The first time you called me and said we were going to do an interview uh, like this, and I thought, oh, my goodness, Catherine, what will you say and how can you do it? And will he wow. uh, think you're really stupid oh, and yeah. all of those? And I was almost ready to call and say, hmm, uh, I think I have an emergency that I need to take <laughs> care of. I need to go uh, straighten out the Kleenex in the box or something <laughs> important to, to do. And. We all get cold. A friend of mine who has very poor health uh, was experiencing physical cold feet. And so this sort of brought up the whole topic. And he, he would feel his feet. He, he would think his feet were cold and he'd feel them and they were not. And apparently that's a, uh, a, a health condition. And we sort of looked a little bit at uh, the kind of males gave a report on uh, cold feet, and it can sometimes be a neurological problem, or it can be that you've just stuck your feet in cold water or in the snow, and so they're cold. If you know, if they put them in the bucket of ice water, and so then you got to go out and buy Eskimo mutlucks or something for $150, or you can have. Uh, there's a there's I'm not a I'm not a medical person at all, so I use some of these terms, and they mean almost zero to me, but. <laughs> Apparently, one of the reasons people get cold feet is that they may have peripheral neuropathy. And if you can say that twice in a row, <laughs> why, that's a, that'd make a good tongue twister. Uh, I think people often who are diabetics or have a vitamin deficiency often have may experience this peripheral neuropathy. But you know me, I take something like that that's every day. And I immediately thought about what you're talking about, the cold feet experience that you get nervous and you want, should I do this? And I was reminded of one of the heroes in our Bible, Moses, yeah. was told to go out and do something. And he said, God, I can't talk. And so he wasn't saying that to Catherine because I seem to do a lot of talking. And bless me, God said, no excuse. You got a brother who likes to talk. You bring Aaron in here, and he'll be your. You will be the leader. But Aaron, and you know, I think that's in life more my role. I I did more talking than I did really leading. I became the Aaron instead of the Moses, and but it takes a team. But sometimes even important people get cold feet, and then we need a support team. And I guess the message I'd like to share here sort of at the end today is, guys, whoever is listening, find someone who needs you. Smile at them. 
remember that they may be the sparrow and their family needs care, don't get cold feet. Help somebody. Be there to give them encouragement. They still may need to do the job they need to do. And I think parents play that role often as their small sparrows, so to speak, begin to try and be at a baseball game, to be the lineman on the football team, to suddenly be the first time on stage in the role of somebody else that they are themselves. They're going to have to meet new people and parents continue to be that support person. Be that Aaron, because all of us get cold feet and someone else needs to come by and help us out. Hold our hand and the Lord will do that, but he works through us. He doesn't physically come down and grab my hand and say, okay, Kathy, come along. He does it through people. And those people have to have an open mind and say, wow, I noticed Catherine really needs her hand held. Somebody's telling me that, and it's probably the Holy Spirit talking to them. And then they need to get off their duff and come and help. Wow. And Frank, you got to find somebody that you need to help. And I think we switch roles at times. I think sometimes I talk, and I think sometimes I handhold. And I bet the same thing is true maybe for you. Would that be true? Yeah, no question about it. I, I think, uh, you know, I'm I'm a talker like Aaron, but, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, a, a, a quiet leader where I'll lead the way. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just, again, I'll, I say this all the time. It's just wonderful how you can take a, a thing like cold feet and turn it into something like this, which is so meaningful and just wonderful. You are wonderful. I mean, it's just absolutely great. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think sometime in this example that I'm the Moses and sometimes I'm the Aaron. And uh, what a what a beautiful way to lay it out. That's really terrific. I, I got to say, I'm always impressed. No matter what, I am always impressed with, uh, with what you come out. You'll plant an acorn you know, five minutes ago and turn it into, you know, a, a group of oak trees or something where just, uh, boy, that is great. But yes, I mean, uh, I, I take different roles at different at different times, I guess, depending on where I can be helpful. But it's don't you don't you think in a really strong mar- marriage that that happens at one time, uh, one spouse is is the Moses and knows they need to be a leadership and do and I, and I don't mean it just always male or female I think I think I think that role changes and the other spouse needs to uh in some way it may not always be talking but in some way needs to support that the the, the husband or the wife and then the role maybe the wife has the first chance to um go to the hospital to meet someone who is sick and they've never done it before, but the husband has done it often as because that was one of the things they enjoyed doing. They need to either go along as a companion or they need to say, hey, these are a couple things to make it work. And I'll be praying for you as you go make that hospital call. So, yes, you may be a little nervous, but also remember that God's going to be there with you in the form of the Holy Spirit and go in and it doesn't have to be long. Go in and say, hi, uh, I just care about you. Uh, 
if they can talk, let them share a few things and then say, I need to leave, but let's have a moment of prayer. Don't stay long. You don't have too long to have to have cold feet. And so you have cold feet, go home and put them in a bucket of warm water. Wonderful. Just absolutely, absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Catherine, uh, just every time we speak, you give me things to, to chew on, and it could be days later, but uh, just uh, wonderful, just wonderful. Ransom Notes, everyone. You've been listening to Ransom Notes. Get the book, watch the documentary, and, and there'll be a, a couple other. We'll let you know where you can watch some other mini documentaries. And, uh, and, and we're doing them like once a month, and you'll see visuals uh, attached to Ransom Notes. Catherine, thank you very much. You have a good week. And you as well. And to everyone out there, uh, you can now hear us on 124 outlets. Whatever you happen to be listening to us on now is is just fine. Just keep continue to do that. But there, there's some new ones, some that I've never heard of before. But I guess they're new outlets, and I know there's new listeners there. So welcome to everyone who's joined us on those new uh, 18 new outlets. And that added to the 106, the 106 that we were already on so uh, to all of you you're listening to a show that i you know that supports uh, the lord and and supports positive thinking and the book is called ransom notes uh, it's a it's a must get everyone Catherine ransom is our host each and every week very proud to be her co-host frank mckay signing off we'll see you next time on ransom notes